Vantage Point Racing Podcast. All you ever wanted to know about racehorse ownership and more. Go behind the scenes with me, Ilka against Sarah Lebec, and get to know the stars of this wonderful sport of kings. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 14 of the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast. I'm here today with my co-host, Stephen Wallace. How's it going, Stephen? I'm good, thank you. Um, been watching a lot of cricket today. Could be the final day of the Ashes. Hopefully, England are going to get back to two all. And I went racing to the July meeting for the July Cup. And you've been in the news as well. You were in Horse and Hound. Yeah, that was great. I ha- there was a nice little spread. What was that? The day in the life or a day in the life of somebody? They always do this little series. So yeah, it was great. The the journalist actually came to the exhibition in May. And we had the chat there, and and then um, it came out just the other week. Yeah, you're the multitasking trainer. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. It, it's weird when you read about yourself. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, moving on. And then some people get back to you and say, oh, I didn't know this about you. Oh, my God, I didn't know this about you. And you're like, yeah, whatever. But when it's yourself, you're just like, yeah, moving on. But all good publicity for um, St. Wendred's and uh, and yourself. Yeah, it's great to be in the horse and hound. Yeah, it was um, surreal. I mean, that impressed a few people. Well, in today's podcast, episode 14, we're going to talk about artandhorseracing.com. We're also going to talk about National Racehorse Week, uh, news about Just Once and her fall. And we've got a return of a special guest. We've got Olivia Turner, who you've worked with. And it's sales time coming up at uh, Tattersall's and we'll... Uh, Get started. Oh, we've got no Debbie Nichols today, the Vantage Point Racing Club member who's regularly on the podcast. Um, the two of us don't actually know where she is, but uh, she'll be missed <laughs> on today's podcast. Yeah, she'll be missed. Hopefully next uh, back next time. For episode 15. And uh, providing Trevor keeps quiet in the background, we'll, we'll get started with um, art and horse racing. What's the latest news about art and horse racing? Yeah, I have a new artist that's taking part. Her name is Maggie Moore. Her work arrived the other day. She's based up in uh, Beverly, and she does really um, amazing um, carousel horses. You have to see it to really appreciate it, and other things as well. And she works with Gold Leaf and uh, different things. So she's well-known within the art world. So uh, have a look, Maggie Moore, and come and check it out on my website. The pieces I have here are amazing. So I have two carousel pieces of Fox. Oh, it's like, oh, Stefan's like, stop, man. We're going to end up, because Stefan will be, every time we get a new shipment, he's like, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. And I'm leaving now. So um, yeah, Maggie Moore, two carousel pieces of Fox, um, some fighting hairs or dancing hairs, whatever. And um, there's a bird study as well, which is great. I like, we're going to have a few more feathered friends so yeah it's it's pretty diverse what we have on site now and the the fine art gallery is open daily by appointment yeah just so so we know if people want to swing by it's always open i sold a painting to cambria the other day that was a success to somebody i didn't even know so um yeah we're here open to the public anytime they want to come we're here and uh, walk-ins welcome uh, yeah, just check it out on the website. Everything we have is on the website and it's constantly updating as well. And I started a newsletter. Yeah, I've caught that. It's a 
it's uh, it does update everyone on what's going on it captures um some of the new art as well uh great read yeah thanks for that yeah it's i'm gonna try to do it maybe bi-weekly um so it doesn't it's not Sally in any way it just tells a story and it, and it has a theme to it and then whatever artwork fits into that theme is mentioned so I'm just working on the next one with a different the last one was very racing based now the next one is going to be about all the other creatures and critters we have in the gallery because we have sculptures and and paintings of other animals as well and landscapes and all that stuff but the, the next one is going to be about other uh uh critters with wings or other four-legged friends that's the wonderful thing about art and horse racing.com you've got such great variety yeah i'm very lucky that i have all these international artists and local artists and different sizes and media and so there's something every different style modern contemporary to traditional everything we have everything here for every taste and every budget your website details um, bios about all the 14 artists now as part of artandhorseracing.com. And perhaps next month we could start talking uh, briefly about, um, say, three of the artists so we cover, give them all uh, good coverage. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we have to build up to the next big event. But like I said, it's open every day. Um, but the next big event will be uh, during National Racehorse Week. So we, we can build up to that again. Because I heard from Benedict Gile this week, she she is a keen listener of the podcast. Yeah, that's good. I it's always like, come on, people, listen to this and share it with all your friends. And um, yeah, Benedict, we're gonna we have uh, she's done very well. She did well on the weekend, and she's afterwards people came and said, oh, I couldn't make it. Can I come? And her work's been very popular. It speaks to everybody. It even speaks to non-horse people. Um, you know, people are just drawn to her work. So we'll have more more work of hers um we still have a good uh, you know stock of it here but we're going to have some new ones in september so watch this space talking about september it's national racehorse week between september the 9th and september the 17th what have you got planned for that week i'm going all out somebody invited me the other day uh, a stud invited me the other day to one of their events and i was like well not during national racehorse week cuz i'm flat out um we're gonna do monday through friday at an afternoon slot into the evening for the gallery obviously when you visit the gallery you also visit the horses but that'll be uh, smaller groups and then on the saturday we we're doing like the proper like the regular style open day where we'll have olivia turner doing the uh, anatomy talk about bits and horse heads and I'm going to have my physio that she's been on the podcast, Kate Stevens. Which episode was that, Steve? Um, oh, I can't remember. It's quite an early one. I'll have to look back for that. Five but, or yeah. four. Yeah. So go, uh, listeners, go back and have a listen to Kate Stevens. She'll be doing um, a treatment demo and a talk. So that'll be fun. And then on the Sunday, we're doing, we're having the charity event for tickets for troops. So if anybody is um, ex military, Please go on Tickets for Troops website. It's or it's being you know kind of marketed through them. Um, so we're going to have a. That's going to be my charity event on the Sunday. That's quite close to your heart because your your father was in the military. Yeah, he was a German Air Force pilot. He he flew Starfighters, and then I have an own a new owner now. She's ex REF and ex Army, 
So she'll be there on the day. And then George Wood, our jockey, will probably be there on the day. I mean, it's always hard to plan that far in advance with rides. But um, so we'll have a special guest um, for the um, tickets for troops as well. But I, I yeah, I think, yeah, they, they do a lot for people take um, the military for granted. They do a lot for us. They sacrifice a lot. Their families sacrifice a lot. Um, it's a different way of life. Yeah, and it, it is forgotten. Sometimes it's glorified, but the um, other things, uh, a lot of times you don't talk about those things. So that was close to my heart. I said, yeah, I'll do a, I will host a charity afternoon or, you know, open day thing, but I want to pick the charity. And I said, it, it has to be armed forces. Well, you mentioned um, our next guest on the podcast, um, Olivia Turner, who is going to be at National Racehorse Week on Saturday, the 16th of September at St. Wendred's. And I spoke to her uh, earlier this month. Um, Olivia is an equine and canine behaviorist and also an equine bitting and bridle specialist. And this is what Olivia had to say. Hello, Olivia. Welcome to the Vantage Point Racing Club podcast, episode 14. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, your website uh, describes your sorry, your website, Olivia Turner, abc.co.uk. I think I've got that right. Yeah, you have. Yep. <laughs> describes you as an equine and canine behaviorist and an equine bitting and bridle specialist. Is that right? That is right. Very long winded, but that's quite correct. <laughs> and for the layman, can you briefly explain your role in the horse racing industry? Um, so I'm relatively new to the racing world, um, but my first dip into that was actually doing a talk on bitting the racehorse, which was organised by the Beaufort Cottage Educational Trust, and that was done in Newmarket in January. Um, so there it was nice to combine my sort of knowledge in horse behaviour and training with the bitting side of things and actually take a, a kind of a dive into bits that are used commonly with racehorses in training um applying kind of the the science of laurenry and bit and bridle fitting into that and then looking at how uh different bits are working for the racehorse because there's there's a variety of different ones that you can that you can use and different trainers will choose different bits to then potentially help them with a certain problem so um, if they need more of a steering issue um, or help with steering, then they'll put a certain type of bit in that's potentially got a fixed cheek to provide you with a bit of stability there. Um, so it was nice to come away from more of the pet horse industry and the dressage and the show jumping type of world and actually look at um, race, the racing industry and these high performance animals and looking at their training and looking at the tools that we use um and maybe hopefully having more to do with that in the future can we just talk about the two different areas then the first mm -hmm. one uh equine and or equine and canine behaviorists what what specifically do you do in that in that regard so as a behaviorist i tend to deal with more complex behavioral issues uh and primarily i work with dogs and horses um, I have also worked with a few cats uh, and even some parrots in my time, resolving a few behaviour problems there. Um, but I tend to meet with with clients um, and help them retrain their animals if they've if they've got a problem. So with dogs, I see a lot of aggression cases, uh, and with horses, I have a lot of 
uh, referrals from different vets to help clients with with behaviour problems that may, they might have. So that could range for anything from a vet phobia issue. Some horses are terrified of needles, uh, so I can help them with issues like that. Um, or it could be something like loading. The horse doesn't want to load onto the trailer or won't go into the box. Uh, so I can help with things like that as well. Um, and the, the horse behaviour side is what led me to qualify as a bit and bridle fitter because I was seeing a lot of behaviour problems under saddle that were actually due to the equipment that the rider was using. Um, and I wasn't overly interested in saddles, uh, but couldn't really find anyone that was practising in bit and bridle fitting. So I thought, right, that's where I want to, that's the avenue I want to explore. Uh, and I found a new course that was certified by Lantra so you could get a, a proper qualification with it um, and became one of the first group to qualify in the UK as a bit and bridle fitter. Um, and from there, really, it's just my business has boomed. I've got a real niche applying that behaviour and training knowledge to bit and bridle fitting and being able to help a lot of riders um, with their horses that are struggling with, with their current bit and working out, is it actually a bitting issue and can we solve it? Or is it a combination of different problems which as a behaviourist, I can then see where the other problems may lie and then either help them with that myself or refer them to another relevant professional that can help them. So have you been working with new market trainers and, and how important is the, is the fitting? Um, so Ilka's the first trainer that I've worked with personally, which is all very exciting. Um, and for me, it was great to chat with her. So, you know, for me to understand a bit more about how she's training her horses and the thought process that she puts into each into each horse and then therefore what bit she would choose for that horse. Um, and I think bitting and considering the different bits is a relatively new area uh, in, in racing. Um, and for me, I'm quite interested to know for, in terms of the trainers, what do they actually think about and what do they choose and for what reasons? Um, because what I know about bits and how they work might be quite different to what someone might choose for the purposes of racing um, but I hope that I could then help them choose something that could really help the individual horse if they're having some problems with it um, for example steering um, we can definitely choose bits that are better than a loose ring to give you more control there or if the horse is too strong there's lots of different things that we can consider without necessarily having to over bit the horse um, and because obviously we don't want to necessarily slow them down or ruin their if they're if they're keen you don't want to get rid of that but we need to control that to some extent so they're actually listening to the rider um so so ilk was that first the first trainer and and it was great to visit her yard and see her horses and and talk with her so she bought a bit off of me which um she's using on a number of her horses i think um and it was quite different to the standard loose ring single joint that you see on a lot of race yards that a lot of horses are um are having um, and this bit is uh, it's an egg butt cheek so it's a fixed fixed cheek bit um, and it's actually got a lozenge mouthpiece which uh, distributes the pressure more evenly across the tongue and the bars in the horse's mouth so this is a more stable uh, and actually a, a much milder bit when it comes to pressure on the tongue than the single jointed mouthpieces which act more like a pair of tweezers squeezing the edges of the tongue together when the rider applies pressure um, so for some horses that are quite sensitive to tongue pressure, then changing the mouthpiece could actually make them a lot more settled and a lot more comfortable. 
Um, so changing the bit and making sure we've got it right for the individual horse is just as important for their comfort and welfare as it is for training. Because if they're fussing and arguing with the bit the whole time, then we could question well, how much are they actually listening to their rider and how much are they actually learning in that moment. But horses can't, well, we don't know unless you're Dr. <laughs> Dean at all, they can't actually speak to you. But So your role as a behaviourist must help with, with identifying what yes. is the problem for a, for an individual horse? Yes, and I think uh, understanding and reading body language quite accurately is is what's really helped me in this kind of niche, if you like, that I found for myself. Um, because I can read to some degree what a horse is trying to tell you, um, and I can see which parts they're finding uncomfortable, whether that is the thing that's in their mouth or whether it's somewhere else. So it could be saddle fit it could be that they've got a biomechanical problem somewhere um, that's causing them to find certain movements or activities hard under saddle so I can differentiate between what is a bit problem and what isn't or what's a rider error and what isn't and where's the gap in this horse's training and how can you fix it Um, obviously for me I'm used to seeing a lot of pet horses or competition horses rather than race horses so uh, the outlook can be slightly different or the way that you approach certain problems can be slightly different um but they're all horses at the end of the day and they all communicate with you in kind of the same way if you know what to look for and I think that's where some people will find that really easy and other people would miss about five different signs of one problem Um, and a lot of clients that come to me they might their horse might have some quite extreme oral evasions and you know their tongue's hanging out or they're gaping the mouth or they're constantly chewing the bit the whole time and they, they've only sought me out when those problems are really bad and they're happening all the time. So it can be much harder to fix when they've all, some of these evasions have almost uh, settled into more of a habit now than, um, you know, six months ago. It could have actually been quite relatively easy to fix because it was just a simple bit change that they needed. But now the horse has gone on for too long being uncomfortable in the mouth. So now it's quite sensitive to anything that does go in its mouth. Um, and that can be harder, harder to fix. Not impossible, but it can take it can take time to to turn that around. But clearly, though, these sort of things could affect a horse's performance on the course. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the certainly from a training perspective, you know, at home when when they're doing um, certain exercises every day, um, if if you need to correct something or you need the horse to perform slightly differently than what it's. Uh, wanting to do all the time so let's take a a speed control issue as as an example Um, if the horse isn't listening to uh, the aid for slow down for example then um, a bit can certainly help you with that because if you don't change it then is the horse just learning to ignore bit pressure and is the horse just running through bit pressure so um, from a training perspective then that might that might really affect it and affect um it's it's training and you know is that going to be a real problem later on or is it something that you can fix over time you know fix quite easily without changing the bit um but i think for some horses you could certainly remedy issues quite quickly with a bit change but also that would need to be done in combination with the trainer like you can't just look at the horse and say oh it should have this in because i personally would want to talk to the trainer and understand more about that horse's personality how it goes how it behaves when you do certain things because for some horses if they get quite keen or they're quite excited or they get quite fizzy 
and you put more pressure on them, then that might almost irritate them more. So you're not, you're, you're not going to get them on side. You're not going to have the most effective session with them. Um, and those are really important things to, to be aware of before you wade in and start changing things. Um, and actually, for some horses, changing something like the beard is almost too much all at once. They can't cope with that change. It's, you know, because the mouth is a very sensitive area, which is why bits work. Um, they're designed to put pressure in the mouth and then therefore control the horse and it's all about the skill of the trainers and the jockeys and whoever's on the other side of the bit to be able to use that in the right way and ensure that the horse understands the question that you're asking it with bit pressure um, and I think it's quite fascinating actually when you look at how bits work and the areas in the mouth that they apply pressure that the horse is actually able to understand when so much pressure is applied to this part of my mouth it means slow down or turn left or turn right or collect or lengthen my stride and obviously that's in combination with the seat and the legs and and the, and the rider's body um but when you look at racehorses there's not a lot of seat you know how much of the seat and the leg is being is being used compared to a dressage rider and so for the horse are having to learn quite a lot in a racing situation just from the hands and, and the bit potentially so um for, and this is where I'd love to learn more and I'd love to be involved more and see more about what's going on. And, and you know, it's a completely fascinating training world for me as well to, to, to see. So will you be going back to Ilka to assess how things are going with the bits? Oh, I hope so. And she's invited me to um, do a little talk and have a stand uh, at her yard during National Racehorse Week. So I'll I'll bring lots of different bits to to show people and have a talk about I've got a couple of horse skulls that I can bring so you can actually put the bits in situ if you like and I can demonstrate how they work under rain tension um so that when the rider you know applies pressure through the reins onto the bit the bit will change position in the horse's mouth and apply different pressures on different areas so I can demonstrate how all of that works and there's so much more to it than just this is one type of bit and this is another one and they all work the same. You know, they they all work completely differently. And we have, to, you know, you have to look at the individual horse and what they like and what they don't like to then choose the bit for the horse, but also bear in mind of what the trainer or the rider needs from a bit. So it's looking at all those different aspects and putting them together to then choose the one thing that's going to work the best for that horse. And every horse is different. They all prefer different pressure points. And what, you know, some horses absolutely would love a single joint and others hate them so we have to look at look at something else um and another area for me that I'm quite passionate about is uh the retraining of racehorses and I see a lot of them um once they come out of racing and with their new owners they're off doing all sorts of different activities and for a lot of them you know they're being asked completely and utterly different questions than they were in racing so it's really lovely to help people um with that transition and actually explain to them, well, this is what your racehorse is, is used to, and this is how they've been trained, and these are the questions that they understand. And we've got to now transition this across to a totally different discipline. And you can't just ride them like that because they don't understand. You've got to help them relearn completely, you know, the same things, but via a different question. Um, and that's and that's really fun. And choosing different bits for them is really fun as well because a lot of them are very sensitive but they're very quick to learn I love the thoroughbreds and their intelligence and once you make it easy for them to understand and make them comfortable then you're away it's it's great it's lovely to see well it looks like you got your hands full there <laughs> um thank you very much before we go I just wanted to um Ilka mentioned that um you were at um 
the art and horse racing exhibition mm. at the beginning of May. What did you think to the art on display? Oh, I thought it was stunning. Uh, I'm a sort of a bit of a hobby artist in my spare time. So I think the the ambition would be to maybe submit something to something to the next one if I've if I've got the time. But I thought it was such a wonderful combination of different talents and different types of artwork. It wasn't all just the same type of picture. And it was nice. It wasn't all just horses and racing. There were landscapes, there were different things, there were horses in different disciplines and um sculptures and and that was just lovely and I thought it was great seeing artists doing work on the day watching people paint and draw and you know in real time right in front of you is quite is is fascinating and I could see how people were enjoying walking around and seeing the horses and um even another lady that you had on on this podcast was talking about just the fact there was the smell of the yard and the hay and it really puts you in that environment and it was the whole thing is just such a wonderful idea yeah it's a fabulous setting for for an art gallery and you'll get yeah. chance to uh, see now the permanent fine art gallery when you're there for ah, that very important week national racehorse week national in racehorse september week. thank you very much um olivia for joining us on the vantage point racing club episode 14 thank you very much indeed ilka there was plenty i learned from speaking to olivia and you've worked with her yeah, I bought a, a tr- what is what is it called? Trans-angled lozenge D-ring bit from her. I like the, it's a Neue Schule brand bit. I like those bits. Uh, she also stocks bomber bits that I, that I use. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, when you see those original bits in the, in the, in the um, museums, you know, if you see the Mongolian bits or those ancient historic, historic ones, you're like, oh my God, we have come a long way. But, um, there's a lot. The talk will be very interesting, especially in conjunction with she's going to bring a skull. So you you'll have the real visual of it and it'll be very educational. I think that's what that National Racehorse Week is. That's really close to my heart that it's educational. And um, I think people will be like they'll go away from here, like having learned something and having had a good time. And it will show the care given to the horse. Yeah, every, nothing is left up to chance or, you know, nothing's done just on a whim. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. I mean, uh, there, you know, with with a lot of tack or when, when you have when you're doing sports, you know, you can't blame your racket when you're playing golf, uh, when you're playing tennis or things like that. But, there, you know, there are little updates and things that have gotten better. And and, you know, usually my maxim is like keep it simple, but like certain things you can just tweak a little bit here and tweak a little bit there. And then, I mean, a lot of racehorses run in ring bits because they're running fast in a straight line or whatever, you know, Um, in in the dressage world, there's even, you know, there's so many different types of bits out there for racing. Maybe it, you know, it does, it's narrowed down to certain ones and, and every once in a while you'll have a quirky horse that needs something extra special, but usually you want something kind and there and you want them to run as fast as they can. So that's um a little bit different something you need the bits are there sometimes to assist the rider more than the horse as well if they're tough i suppose that's the joy really of national racehorse week is that people laymen racing fans are going to find out more yeah exactly exactly and um i mean maybe we'll have some horse people in the audience and and what they're going to what they're going to hear is also going to apply you know the the bit talk will definitely like apply to their horse and they'll have a chance to ask Olivia questions. So 
it'll be interesting. We don't know. That's the thing with these open days. You never know who's in the audience. Um, you do it kind of to promote yourself. This week is also to really open the doors of horse racing and show people behind the scenes. So it's kind of like an image thing for racing, but obviously as every trainer, you're always kind of like promoting yourself as well. So you never know who's in the audience and it's interesting. On the subject of audience, you can follow the, the, uh, podcast via twitter on vantage point rac and subscribe to the pod on apple Podcasts, google spotify soundcloud and stitcher and of course don't forget artandhorseracing.com yeah exactly exactly so the links are all there and then if you want to um join the newsletter or if you want to be part of the the art newsletter art and horse racing newsletter get in touch, let me know, I'll add you. But also on the website, there's a sign up form to be, you know, um, automatically added to it. Back to the horses. How's Just Once and Her Foal in France? Oh, they're having a good life. <laughs> they're enjoying life. I'm, weaning is coming up soon-ish. So, yeah, they're enjoying the weather. And the, she look, the, the foal is correct and is a good-looking foal. And and every time we speak to the stud over there, they, they're in awe of just once and say what a beautiful mare she is. And they really enjoyed having her. Not long now, though, until just once we'll be back at St. Wendred's. Yeah, we're going to pick her up sometime in September. We don't have the exact date yet. We'll bring her back and then I'll have to start um, bringing her back into slow training, walking and swimming. And it, it's going to be a journey. You don't know. It, it might, you know, I'm going to try it. It's a crazy idea. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to bring her back. I mean, it's recently in most recent times, they did that with snow leopardess. So it, it can be done and it has been done. So we'll just see where the journey takes us. So it, like I said, it'll be swimming and um, walking. Yeah, it, funny. I wrote snow leopardess down in my notes here and, and just want to be an eight year old in January and last ran in August 21. Yeah, yeah, it's a long-term plan, and um, we shall see where it takes us. Could be a good story. Another article in the Horse and Hound. Yeah, well, you are multitasking, so uh, yeah. But we need we need a name for just once stroke golden horn. Um, have you had any uh, feedback yet? And we need some, don't we? Yeah, we need people to write in their suggestions. It's a colt, so it's a boy. So. Um, Send in your suggestions, and then then it'll all go into a into a. I don't know if we do a random draw or if it'll go into a. Maybe the the last three good ones will be in in a draw. We'll see how many uh, suggestions and writings we get. So, how do listeners contact you? They can contact me through the websites. Uh, my my last name again, sarahlevec.com, or the art one. Or they can contact me directly on Twitter. I guess there's a way on those podcasts to comment as well. But yeah, just um, contact me through Twitter, email, or the website. There's a contact form on there on all of the websites. And there's no rush for a name yet, is there? No. No, they need to be named before their first race. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's no real rush, no. On the subject of Vantage Point Racing Club horses, how is Kingwell? He's back in un, in action. He had a, this strange allergic reaction where he broke out in hives, but um, 
think he got stung by some kind of insect. But he's uh, he did a nice piece of work on Saturday on the Cambridge Road. And then this week, there's a lot of rain scheduled. So he'll go on the grass towards the end of the week. And then we can start looking for some targets for him. He likes a bit of cutting the ground, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's good on the all weather too. So um, he needs not to, he doesn't like firm, that's for sure. So, but, you know, it's, we still have the autumn and it's been a rainy summer. And it's uh, sales time again at Tattersall's coming up in early September. Yeah, we have the first yearling um, sales kicks off um, at Tats on the 5th of September. But before that, there's the the August sale, which is on the 1st of September. I, I bought a horse in that sale last year. So that's a good um, place to buy a horse in training, maybe something for the all-weather bonus uh, this winter. And then, of course, there's a yearling sale. Um, the now at the beginning of August in Deauville, Alcana, and it's just going to be one sale after the next, after the next, but be nice to pick up some, um, horses in training to race, like uh, for an all weather campaign. It's always good to get them this time of year. That horses in training sale is really busy this time of year. You you can get one, freshen it up and then be ready to run when that, um, all weather bonus kicks off middle of October, October 17th. And it's a busy time then ahead for St. Wendred's, for the multitasking trainer, uh, with art and horse racing, newsletters to get out, uh, National Racehorse Week. Can you remind listeners at the end about National Racehorse Week for St. Wendred's? Yes, Stephen. It's uh, September 9th to the 17th. You can go on uh, www.nationalracehorseweek.uk. Uh, on there, you'll see you can put in the postcode of where you want to go. I'm actually the only new market trainer taking part. So if you're here in the area, come and visit me. But uh, the whole thing about National Racehorse Week is also that studs will be taking part. It's kind of like the whole, you know, beginning to the end uh, of a racehorse. They'll be rehoming places that focus on retraining of racehorses. They'll be there. And so it's you can pick whatever you like, put in your postcode, see what's local to you. And I'm quite happy that I'm the only new market trainer taking part. So come and see us. And we're we're t- we're doing some something every day. It's an important week for for horse racing. Yeah, I think it's a great initiative. I've actually never done it before, but after all this kerfuffle this year that we saw in the big race days, I said, well, it's really a, a time to support initiatives like this and i i like to do things educational anyway so it's it's perfect it's right up my alley well that's all from me uh ilka i i just wanted to thank um uh, olivia turner our guest this week and hopefully we'll have uh guests again in next next month's podcast yeah i already have some ideas for the next podcast and um yeah it's great that olivia's supporting national racehorse week and it'll be even better like to uh, learn from her in person and, and, and see it all. Thanks for tuning into episode 14. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast with as many friends and family as you have. And uh, thanks so much, Stephen, today for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to make this podcast happen. I really appreciate it. Join the Vantage Point Racing Club today. 
Watch the horses that you put your money in run their race. Free racing tickets. Meet the horses and the team, including the jockey, trainer, physio, and everyone else. Come to open days and get a welcome gift. Get weekly updates on all the horses in the club. New to racing? Not to worry. You will learn all about it. Ask questions anytime. Tune into my month-to-month podcast featuring racehorse ownership, info, and more. All just for 20 pounds a month. We look forward to meeting you here at St. Wendrick's. If you love racing, come and share it. 